This is episode number 194. Why was I in the same room with Ted Cruz? What does it have to do with your business? I'll tell you, that's coming up. This is the Red Podcast, the marketing podcast for influencers. Rise above the noise. Expand your audience. Deliver impact. Here's your host, David Hooper. A few years ago, I was out, ran into an old friend, and it had been a few years before that since I had seen her. So we agreed to get together, went out for a pizza just to catch up. So we're at the pizza place, and I'm asking her how things have gone since I'd seen her. And she tells me, she says, I'm in the lifestyle now. I said, the lifestyle? Because there are a lot of different kinds of lifestyle. I figured maybe she'd come out of the closet or something. And she said, no, no, it's not that. I'm a swinger. A swinger? My God. (laughs) And then she says, they're actually having a party at the club tonight. Would you like to go? And I said, hell yeah, I want to go. Because when do you have an opportunity to do something like that? Not often. Probably a lot of guys that would love to go to a swingers club, but they're not looking for guys. They're looking for couples. So there was my opportunity to go to a swingers club. I said, hell yes. Because I try to be somebody who's open to opportunity, for one. But there's also something about me, and I think this is important if you're in the radio business, if you're in the podcasting business, if you're in the entrepreneurship space, I'm curious. I think being curious is a huge asset for entrepreneurs. Being curious is what gets you out of your little world into the bigger world that exists all around you and opens so many opportunities. This is the Red Podcast, the podcast for influencers. If you're a blogger, you're a podcaster, speaker, marketer, nonfiction author, or a business owner who wants to reach, expand, and develop your audience, this is the podcast for you. Talk about things like book publishing, podcasting, speaking, and other marketing elements of your business that you must master to make a name for yourself. The focus of this podcast is how to take your idea, how to take your work, spread it, and make money with it. And the reason I tell you this story is because a couple of months ago, I had a similar situation, had a guy call me up. He said, hey, I'm coming through Nashville. I'm going to the Religious Broadcasters Convention. It's there at the Opryland Hotel. Would you like to join me? And just like my friend at the pizza place, I said, hell yes, I'll join you for that. Red Podcast is not a religious podcast. None of the broadcasting that I do is religious-based. But again, Getting outside of your comfort zone, getting outside of your little world, I feel that that's important. So let me tell you about the Religious Broadcasters Convention. I'm not sure how many people were there. They did it at the Opryland Hotel. It's in Nashville. It is the largest non-gaming hotel in the country. In other words, the only hotels and convention centers that you will find that are larger than the Opryland Hotel and Convention Center all have casinos attached to them. So that's how large it is. It was a five-day event. I went for a couple of days. And on my first day, got behind a big motorcade. It was one of those with the black limos, black SUVs, Tennessee State Troopers, a lot of flashing lights, basically a lot of cops directing traffic to get this motorcade to the Opryland Hotel. And it turned out 
I was following Ted Cruz. That's how big this event was. Ted Cruz was there. Ben Carson was there. A lot of speakers were there. A lot of people in the religious broadcasting and influence space were there. And I spent a couple days hanging out. I learned a lot. I'm going to talk about some of the big takeaways that I learned, some of the things that you can use for your business, religious-based or not. And one of the things that I thought was amazing, what these guys are really doing right, is they are creating a lot of content. If you're in the podcasting space, blogging space, vlogging space, you're doing videos, YouTube or otherwise, you know that it can be difficult to come up with great content. These guys were coming up with content. I didn't consume any of this content personally, but just to hear these guys talk and see what they're doing every single week is amazing. And one of the ways that they're doing it is they're taping everything. There used to be a saying, I knew a public speaker, he taught me this. He said, if it's worth saying, it's worth recording. He would record everything. Always had the tape recorder on him. If he's doing a presentation, he's always videotaping it, always getting audio tape of it, because you never know when there's going to be that presentation that you give that's better than the one that you have on tape, or there's going to be some interesting audience interaction. It's also something that's great for you to, just in general, it's always something that's great for you to review. If you're a public speaker, for example, it's wonderful for you to review every presentation that you do. Maybe not every single part of every single presentation, but parts of those presentations. So if there's something that you did well, if there's something that didn't go as well, you can review those specific parts to see why or why not something did go well. That review is one of the reasons that I edit every single episode of Red Podcast myself. Certainly, there are people that I could hire to do this. There are companies that specialize in podcast editing. But me having to sit down with let's say 30, 40 minutes of tape and having to edit out every single mistake that I make. That makes me better. It gets me closer to that content. So these guys are taping everything. They've got that belief if it's worth saying, it's worth recording. And there's a lot being said at a church, as you can imagine. The churches have sermons. They've got services. These mega churches, I don't know if you've been to a mega church. Tons of these all over Nashville. They're all over the country though, really. There's one that I went to, I went to an event, and it was a non-religious event. They just rented out the church because of the great equipment that they've got. Never been there. I honestly thought that we were driving up to a shopping mall. This thing was so big. I've been to churches that have their own food court. I've been to churches where they've got some kind of parking system that's like a mall, like the red area, the green area. You're in aisle four, you're in the S section. I don't know how they divide this thing up, but you go into a church door and they've got a map of the church and it's got a red dot on the map and it says, you are here. That's how big these churches are. Once you're inside, it's not easy to find your way around them unless you've been there before, unless you're familiar with them. And those were the kind of churches that I was dealing with at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Another interesting thing about the content is that it has gotten to be much higher quality, at least from a production value, than it was just a few years ago. They've got guys like Kirk Cameron. Remember him? Growing Pains, I think was the show, some kind of sitcom back in the 80s. Well, this guy became born-again Christian, doing all sorts of what I'll call Christian movies, something with a biblical message. Maybe it tells you how to keep your marriage together or tells you to obey the Ten Commandments. I don't know what he's doing, but apparently he's doing a lot. They've got guys at his level, either people who became Christian later 
were always Christian and are going for that market. Those were the kind of people that were at this event. That was the kind of production that you were seeing, a much higher production value than you used to because that's what it takes to compete. And that's another lesson for you is that production is getting better and better and better. It's so much easier, so much cheaper for you to have better production. There is no excuse for you not to have a base level of production that's pretty high. No longer can you record videos on a flip cam or some kind of low-budget video recorder, low-budget microphone. The microphone that I'm talking into now, it sounds pretty good, right? 50 bucks on Amazon. It's called the ATR2100. If you're curious to know the entire list of equipment that I use for Red Podcast, redpodcast.com slash equipment has everything. The entire Red Podcast setup, not including the computer. The computer was sent to me for free. They'll send it to me. They wanted me to do some marketing for them, help get the word out about this new computer. It looks like a MacBook Pro or something, one of those thin Macintoshes, whatever they're called. So I'm not sure how much the computer is worth, maybe 600 bucks, 1000 bucks, who knows. But everything else, probably $500 to get a good-sounding podcast. Video, not much more. These guys had kids programming. That was a huge niche that I was really surprised about, but not too surprised. Kind of a funny side note. I used to have an office, and the tenant before me had produced a kid's program, a Christian kid's program called Veggie Tales. And this guy was using a talent agent within the building that I was renting out of. And I actually tried out to be a cast member for Veggie Tales. So anyway, it could have been like Bob the Tomato or Larry the Onion or something. It didn't work out, but that's fine because I'm here at Red Podcast. Back to religious broadcasters. Another thing these guys were doing that I think is huge, translations. It's a big world that we're in. English is a huge market. Christian programming, it does have that mission-based philosophy. They're trying to go out and recruit people to become Christians. So in order to do that, in order to reach the biggest audience that they can, they're translating in all sorts of different languages. But you, as an entrepreneur, as an author, you're not just trying to get the English-speaking guys either. I've done this myself, translated my books into a few languages. I've got a book in uh, Japanese. I have a book in Spanish. And the Spanish one I actually did myself. Happy to talk to you if you're interested in finding out how that's done. Reach out to me at David Hooper at Twitter is the quickest way for you to do that. Translations are big. One of the big things I noticed about the Religious Broadcasters Convention is that there were two types of people on the trade show floor. There were the Christian companies, and there were the companies that were trying to market to Christians, the companies that were marketing because the Religious Broadcaster Convention had so many people there, and they wanted to get a piece of that pie. Another big takeaway is that you need to talk the talk in order to get in with a market. That's not just the religious broadcasters convention. That is everybody. If I were to go in to any market, let's say it's elderly people looking for financial advice, well, I need to know how to talk to those people in order for them to trust me. You have to talk their language. Something a little closer to home for me is when I was dealing with musicians. That was one of the reasons that I had great success in marketing musicians, because I was a musician myself. I've got a degree in music. I know the process that it takes to write a song, record a song, 
produce a song, replicate a song, promote a song, and get a song out there because I've done that personally. That's one of the reasons a lot of people are coming to me for coaching, for consulting, and for help, a lot of entrepreneurs, because I'm the guy who's been in the trenches, not as we say the 21-year-old life coach who hasn't been there yet, who's got some value, but he hasn't been in the situation that most entrepreneurs are looking for help on. I have. And that's something that all of us should keep in mind, is that you need to talk the talk to get in. You also need to walk the walk. You can see right through somebody who's not being authentic. If you're going into a Christian convention, and a lot of people were trying to get a piece of that Christian pie, it's not going to help you when you can't talk the talk. Here's a funny example, and I'm using this not to get political, but because the two guests that I saw at this event Ted Cruz and Ben Carson. They were there, evangelical Christian people talking to evangelical Christian people. Donald Trump was not there. Donald Trump, speaking of talking to talk, also made a reference to two Corinthians. And anybody who's ever read the Bible, anybody who's ever been to church once or twice knows that it is not two Corinthians, it is second Corinthians. Two Corinthians walked into a bar. (laughs) You got to know how to talk the talk if you're going to get the attention of these people that you're going for. Very hard for a secular company to break into the religious broadcasters convention. So out of the podcasting convention, I see it at every single convention that I go to. You had a lot of people because podcasting is so hot, trying to break in with the podcasters. Podcasters aren't having it. They can smell it from a mile away. Same thing with musicians. Saw it there. Any convention that I've ever been to, I've seen this. Same thing is applying to you right now. Now, what do you do with all the content that you're creating? You've got these sermons. You've got your children's content. You've got these bigger budget movies. Not big budget, but bigger budget movies. People like Kirk Cameron. What do you do to market your content. Well, there are two things that I saw at the Religious Broadcasters Convention. One of them is something that you should do. The other, something you should stay away from. And surprisingly enough, a lot of secular people are doing this. And that's what I call spiritualizing. I met a lot of people that simply were churning and burning through content. And I'm talking about hundreds of hours of content per week. They had their networks, different churches, and they would record everything because remember, if it's worth saying, it's worth recording. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's worth releasing. So these guys had hundreds of hours, some of them, of content that they were releasing every week. And then they would just put it out on some kind of satellite network that goes all around the world. This guy was telling me about 60 million people viewing his stuff. It's like, yeah, well, it's going to 60 million households, maybe. But that doesn't necessarily mean that somebody is turning on the television, putting their receiver on the correct channel, and then, even if they are, actually watching your content from front to back. It's just getting you there. And getting you there, this is something that I know from the music industry, from the book industry, it's not tough to get your product inside of stores. It's tough to get your product out of stores. Yet I saw a lot of people 
that they would just throw it up on a satellite network. And there were plenty of satellite companies ready to take money for content per hour. And they're making a lot of money when they're putting out hundreds of hours of content per week. They're happy to take that money and put it out there into the world, but not promote it. And the answer that I heard, well, that's in God's hands. God told me to create it. What happens to it after that is up to him. And we're all doing that. I can't tell you how many podcasters think that just because they put a podcast up on iTunes, that somebody is going to find it. Well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. But more people will find it if you put your marketing muscle behind it than if you just throw it out there. Same thing for your blog. You can put a blog on the internet with the other millions of blogs that are out there. WordPress, the most popular blogging platform, 25% of the websites online are WordPress sites. That is your competition. You can throw that out there into the internet world, into that great big abyss we call the World Wide Web and hope that somebody finds your stuff, put it in God's hands. But that's probably not going to happen. You can put a book on Amazon, and I've heard this used by a lot of people trying to sell you information on how to promote via Amazon. They say, yeah, Amazon promotes it for you. You see that readers who bought this also bought this? Yep, that's true, but you have to get those initial readers to buy the book before Amazon starts promoting it because readers who bought this also bought this only counts when somebody's actually purchased your book. There are tens of thousands of books on Amazon. Very difficult to sell a lot of them without putting marketing behind it. So that's number one, spiritualizing, putting it in God's hands. And again, we all do this. I use this in a secular way. Whatever your God is, just throwing it on the wall, seeing if it sticks, running it up the pole to see if anybody salutes. There are different ways of saying this. It probably will not work for you. At the Religious Broadcasters Convention, that was not everybody. Certainly not everybody. I've actually written about some very effective church marketing on my blog, 23hours.com. Go there and search for church and you will find various articles on how Christian organizations are marketing themselves. A couple of years ago on Easter, one of them was a church sort of in my neighborhood. And Easter, if you're familiar with this tradition, hiding eggs, finding eggs, kind of a secular tradition, I suppose, but it happens around a religious holiday. So I was walking up to my house one day, and I see an egg in the yard. And then I see another one. I said, oh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Just a plastic egg. Somebody hidden some eggs in my yard. Picked it up. And it's got an invitation for me to come to this church service, an Easter service. I thought that was very creative. I wrote all about it at 23hours.com. I'll have the exact link in the episode notes, redpodcast.com slash 194. From what I've seen, the most effective marketing whether Christian or secular, is doing things like that, that one-on-one interaction. It's that guy who comes up to you, your neighbor maybe, and he says, hey, I'd like you to go to church with me. We all have our version of that, and that's the big takeaway as far as effective selling 
that you can do. We all have our version of that. Reaching out to people one-on-one, making that connection, talking their language, and making it easy on them to say yes. What would that person do if he's inviting you to church? He's getting to know you. He's talking your language. He's probably in your neighborhood. So those things are done correctly. But if you were very enthusiastic about his message, and we should all be enthusiastic about our messages, he would say, the service is at 8. We want to get a good seat. I will pick you up at 7.30. I will take you there myself. He would take you there. He would probably follow up with you afterwards to ask you what you thought about the service, maybe take you out to lunch, drive you home, talk about what had just happened, and drop you off, and then follow up with you the next week. We all need to be that kind of person. Again, this is not a religious thing. This is religious, secular, whatever your message is, that is the most effective form of marketing. It makes us feel so good to think that we're doing important work releasing our content out into the world, putting it up on iTunes. If you're an author, putting it on Amazon, making it available via Kindle, via the iTunes store, via Google Play, however you're distributing your content. That feels good. It feels good to get your book, put it in an envelope, and send it to somebody important. And then not follow up. It still feels good. Yeah, yeah, I'm reaching a lot of people. Sent my book to Oprah this week. I don't care that she doesn't have a TV show anymore. What the hell? Send it to her. That feels good. But that is not very effective. So don't be that guy who's just blindly throwing your stuff out there. Even if it's just 60 million people at a time, not very effective. These guys were all broke, by the way. I should mention that. A lot of these guys really trying to get money to spread that message, the message itself, not bringing in that money. And that's the purpose of this podcast. I want you to be able to spread your message and make money with it. While I was at the Religious Broadcasters Convention, spent a lot of time on the trade show floor. And on the next episode of Red, I'm going to be talking about trade show secrets. They're not really secrets, but if you walk through this trade show or a lot of the trade shows that I've been to, you would think that they are because there are a lot of people from attendees to people working in booths that are doing trade shows all wrong, losing valuable opportunities to make great connections, eventually could spread the messages that we're talking about spreading. That's on the next episode of Red Podcast. To make sure you don't miss it, redpodcast.com. That's the best way to subscribe. One-click subscribe. That's what I've got there. Whether you've got an iPhone, an Android, or you're listening to your podcast another way, One click is all it takes at redpodcast.com. I'm going to give you one challenge before I go, and that is to reach out to somebody. Do what I'm talking about. Reach out to somebody one-on-one. Follow up with somebody that you need to follow up with. This is how things happen. It's through the network. We can't do it alone. That's the purpose of Red Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for helping to build this influencer community. See you on the next episode of Red Podcast. You've been listening to Red Podcast, the marketing podcast for influencers. Never miss an episode. Subscribe now with your iPhone, Android, or via RSS at redpodcast.com.